Hello, and welcome to episode 21 of the Baby Metal Podcast. It's October 19th, 2019, here as we record. The podcast is a place where we gather on alternate weeks to discuss news and thoughts on the past and future projects of Baby Metal. We invite you to join us, whether you're a longtime fan or have only just arrived. I am Paul, and I am joined by Kevin. Hello, welcome back. And Garrett. Hello. All right, so um, we are in the midst of a bunch of news, and there's too much to actually talk about in a single episode. So I think our plan is, perhaps you know, uh, Baby Metal has released a new album. <laughs> we will talk about that album, but not this time. I think we're going to plan to do a uh, sort of in-depth review of that in uh, the next couple of episodes. So even beyond that, there's a huge amount of news. Uh, the Maybe the first thing to mention is that the U.S. tour has now concluded. And Ooh, went by fast. Participating. Yes. So uh, at the end of the last time we recorded, uh, we had just gotten t- through Salt Lake City. And since then, they played in Las Vegas, in Tempe, in San Francisco, L.A., Sacramento, Portland, and Seattle. So uh, we will spend a bunch of time talking about the show in L.A. at the Forum later. But... Um, so, but we can, I think we can talk a little bit about the, you know, the shows that have happened since then. There are a couple of notable things, uh, possibly most notable at, I guess, well, there was the Aftershock Festival in Sacramento, and then there was the uh, Seattle show that closed off the whole tour. Um, and Kevin, you were at those. I was indeed. Correct? Yep. So, report. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what's to say? Well, Paul... You guys have both been at shows so far this tour. Um, they, it was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I went to San Francisco, Sacramento, the Forum in LA, Portland, and Seattle. Um, and it, I, it's speechless. You know, every every time you see this group, it you just leave awestruck and happy and sad that it's over, um, and on just an incredible high. Um, and that was no different this tour. Um, uh, you know, some definitely yeah. some exciting things happened. Um, they've been to so many new places. Um, I got to see a bunch of new cool new venues, so that was really fun. Um, this was the longest, I don't know, tour I've done as far as number of shows in a particular tour. Um, so that was an interesting challenge um, that I suppose I could talk about if you want um, <laughs> later. Um, so, that you know, that was a blast. I've only, I've only been black for two days or so now. My voice is still a little hoarse um fighting off a little bit of a cold but uh you know it it was totally worth it yeah well that would that would be a lot of fun i think to actually be able to hit several dates in a row i i myself have just went to two right two yeah (laughs) but separated by a month even but yeah so the what was i going to say i guess uh the avengers continued to alternate so las vegas was riho Tempe was Momoko, San Francisco was Riho, LA was a special case, Sacramento was Momoko, Portland was Riho, and Seattle was Momoko. So, um, no huge yeah. surprises there. It, though I will say uh, one thing from Aftershock. That was the first time I had seen them at a festival, which was an experience mm-hmm. in and of itself. Uh, it was really dusty, and we all had coughs and were exhausted after being in the sun and inhaling dust all day. Were you there for the entire festival or just the just for Baker Metal? 
just the Sunday of baby metal. So the uh-huh. three, two acts that preceded them. Um, and then, then I left after that. Word. <laughs> um, one thing was you. interesting, you know, it was, uh, Momoko's first festival and, uh, she was sucking oh, cool. a lot of wind. <laughs> you could, you could yeah. tell being out in the sun and, uh, in the heat and that kind of thing, uh, was not something she was used to. You know, you get Mo and Sue during their water breaks and interludes between songs, you know, just kind of, just kind of relaxing. You can tell they're calm drinking their water and you can definitely see Momoko was, uh, quite tired. Thing, freaking out. <laughs> well, no, not freaking no, out. No. Not, not freaking out, but definitely, uh, not quite as, uh, used to those conditions as the other two. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about, well, I guess, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, we'll come back to that. I'll mention it now because I'm thinking of it, but so I said the LA was a special case. Um, and Momoko participated in that. And, uh, I was, you know, she probably hasn't been in, that was a, that was a really big venue for her. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, like, I don't think that she's really had, uh, even with, I don't think that she's really had that large of a venue before and, but you know, like spread before her. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. SG doesn't usually play venues with that kind of capacity. So right. yeah, yeah. That's probably the most people she's performed in front of. She was introduced at a festival as I recall, but, um, which is probably somewhat big, but still, uh, Oh, the, the one thing that was just completely delightful was, um, the, uh, the staff in Seattle, <laughs> the, like the roadies setting up. Oh Yes. That was excellent. Rody Chan. <laughs> okay, so I uh, filmed me in. I, I missed that. Yeah, so um, one, uh, one of the guys' name we know, I want to say his name is Tyler. He's been on, he tours with them just about every time they're in the U.S. Um, and another one, the guys who tune the guitars, uh, sound check the uh, drums and mics and things like that on stage, uh, they got their hair done. Uh, one of them had uh, twin tails. The other one had Avenger hair. Uh, that's complete, awesome complete with the um I, I don't know what you call them the sparkly shiny silver bow things um and, and you yeah, can tell nah. they and you can tell they didn't do them because they they looked perfect so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and i mean those are probably the like the real official actual like whatever they oh, are, scrunchies or whatever absolutely you know? <laughs> i'm sure they were so I mean, you know, I guess maybe they didn't need them anymore. <laughs> they brought all these extras in case or whatever. Yeah. You could tell they were having fun. They were smiling and they, they got good reaction from the crowd and things like that. They were having fun. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, like, obviously I only saw photos and stuff uh, from afar, but I thought that was just delightful. <laughs> yes, it really was. So the um, opening band for the the shows after, well, for Portland and Seattle was The Who. Um, how, what did you think of those, the, that band? The Who was really interesting. Um, they are see, able... You saw Avatar also, right? You I did see both. Avatar also, yeah. Uh, right off the bat, I'll say Avatar is definitely more my speed. Um, the Who is definitely cool. Um, you can tell that they're really passionate about their, uh, about their music and kind of representing their culture, uh, you know, and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. They get definitely get into a good groove. They play, I I don't, I don't even know what they're called, but some sort of Mongolian instruments, uh, two string, two string string instruments, um, that were absolutely gorgeous. Um, huh. 
really beautiful instruments um, that sounded pretty cool and they they weld on them pretty hard um, and kind of had a metal sound with them so that was pretty sweet um, I will say though that all of their songs almost sounded the same like they really blended together for me um, so it was kind of hard to stay into it you know I, I could tell that the songs were different but they didn't really sound all that different if that makes sense they all had a very similar rhythm all in the same key um but yeah you know i'm glad i saw him it was cool it was cool to see something super unique like that you know where else and when else am i going to be able to see a metal band from mongolia you know so i am thankful for that actually oddly um i don't know if i mentioned this before but but weirdly enough it was like a month ago or something i was just sort of like taking my you know public transit home and i looked over looked over at a venue that it goes by and they were playing <laughs> and I, you know, I, I didn't know ahead of time or I would have like, just because I knew that they were, you know, sort of approved of, I would have gone, <laughs> but I didn't find out until the <laughs> night that they were playing here. So. Awesome. But anyway, I, I would say, you know, if you get a chance to see them, check them out and support them, they're doing something cool. They're representing their culture, it, you know, and they are really good at what they do. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would check them out. I wouldn't go out of my way, but I'd see them once. Uh-huh. Um, like so over here you know long distance uh we were watching streams trying to trying to see like what was happening people facebook streaming and stuff and somebody somebody did uh do a facebook stream of the who uh and it was actually you know it was clear it was somebody who was like really quite into it and uh knew all the words and stuff like that and and of course you know after the who played he went outside and started started like streaming something outside. He didn't even stay for big metal. <laughs> so yeah, I, was, that happened it, twice, yeah. uh, both in Portland and Seattle. I, there was a ton of people there for the Who. Um, the one I saw, the ones I saw at Portland stayed and ended up really enjoying baby metal. Um, there was a group of three, definitely Mongolian natives, or at least of Mongolian ancestry, that were right behind me in Seattle that just disappeared after the Who. <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i mean you know that's cool too it leaves more space for the baby metal fans <laughs> yeah i mean i i leave after baby metal when they're not the headliners so i, I don't blame them yeah right i usually leave but so let's see the uh other thing i was well that was sort of notable i think about seattle was that um they they sort of acknowledged it as the end of the tour you know they they sort of it's almost like they knew we were watching the whole tour. And, you know, so at the very end, they did this like fairly uh, elaborate bow and, you know, said, you know, this is the last show of the tour. and stuff. Thank you for supporting really us. Cool. Yeah. It was so. really special. And the after show photo we got is really special. And mm-hmm. I really loved it. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you catch the little detail that they didn't delete? And I'm shocked they didn't delete and retake the photo. Yeah, I find that really just weird, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very obvious that they had a cake celebrating the end of their tour that had coconut flakes all over it. And that as soon as the show ended, Moa went straight for the cake and started eating cake. And then they decided to take a photo because her face is covered in coconut (laughs) in that photo. (laughs) And it's just the best. (laughs) (laughs) So... I guess that means that all this food talk that we hear in interviews is, you know, real. somewhat, somewhat real, yeah, sincere. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I was just dying laughing when I saw that. 
<laughs> so the um the tweet actually said, uh, thank you for joining us on the Metal Galaxy US tour. See you next time, you spelt with a just a U. Yeah. <laughs> now crank up the new album. Uh and uh so of course people were sort of thinking, well, that doesn't sound very Koba like <laughs> who who typed that (laughs) but anyway yeah so it's it's uh kind of hard to believe that it was that it's over now (laughs) but so the next i think the next the only shows that we know of that are left in 2019 are november 16th to 17th in japan and 20th and 20 yeah in uh, saitama super arena and then november 20th and 21st in osaka joe hall and then this clock and flap thing in Hong Kong on November 23rd. Ah, uh, yes. Perhaps. The clock and flap. Perhaps. Yeah. So, not much left in this year. Again, uh, good job saying clock and flap. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I pride myself on the pronunciation of that word. I lack the uh, testicular fortitude to even attempt saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a term that I will treasure forever. <laughs> um, let's see. So the uh, another thing that was that I thought was kind of interesting that I think sort of corresponded with the end of the forum maybe was uh, people started tweeting like su- supporting stuff started uh, tweeting. So strictly FX tweeted about um, the forum show, and I think they were responsible for the pyrotechnics and all access staging. Who was responsible for the big? stage that we'll talk about you know they they tweeted yeah and some of the um songwriters too like co-writer of dada dance tweeted uh you know sort of saying like we're we're happy about this album i'm proud to be participating in it uh meg metal who mixed like almost the entire album (laughs) um tweeted about it talking metal writer of distortion tweeted about it and nori metal composer of night night burn on arcadia and other stuff so so we're getting, you know, so a little bit, a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, the stage guys, the pyro guys, just about, just about everybody who had a hand in the forum, I think, tweeted about what they did, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So okay, let's see. Um, the main, what else? I guess so. We can maybe move on to the events. So they released an album, you know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so although we, I I think we are going to talk about the content of the album later for the most part, um, there's a bunch of stuff to talk about, about the release itself and, you know, other things that happened on that day, uh, the concert that happened, the release concert. Um, So let's see, maybe I'll just start with just on the, oh, well, actually on the same day as, as the release, uh, wow wow showed the yokohama show from june so that's cool Maybe we can talk about that for a second i didn't get I to see it that. i mean like i saw it later but uh, i still haven't seen it so yeah i haven't okay. seen it uh, yeah <laughs> well you, I, no, kevin well, you saw it actually happen so <laughs> well true but i haven't seen the rebroadcast yeah um yeah so they they aired it on october 11th um i was like in the in a plane (laughs) at the time, but it's, so it's the second night of the first pair. Um, you know, so June 29th, I guess this is, uh, it's the footage from which the Papaya, uh, video came from. And so 
but so what's cool about it i did i did eventually watch it and um it is it is really cool to see the actual live version of papaya when it was oh, basically yeah. debuted because it's so much better <laughs> 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 just hearing f hero participating and you know i don't know i you know it's it's definitely worth watching um they didn't have the whole thing so i was kind of waiting to see shanti 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 that first sort of like debut of it um but it was no they didn't it wasn't on it so weird i didn't know they didn't include that yeah they and they also didn't include yava so oh interesting i think so i guess yava doesn't really surprise me Mm -hmm. with with them wanting to i'm sure focus on new content so yeah. Dropping Ava kind of makes sense from an editing standpoint. But I find I find Shanti 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 weird though. I yeah, think it's conceivable they maybe held it for the for the Blu-ray. So now like now I'm sort of extra this I feel like this gives me extra reason to believe that there's going to be a Blu-ray of this that will differ from Wow Wow just like has happened in the past. My guess is it'll come as a set. You're gonna buy the one edition of um what is it the sun also rises and legend m Mm -hmm. that's my theory fox day you're gonna get a a two blu-ray set that has a series of both shows i hope so because they well they've Um, been doing the whole sun and moon motif pretty hard and leaning into that just about every chance they get so i guess that's why (laughs) it wouldn't surprise me that they would sell those two together in a package that are sun and moon editions or whatever yeah and it's been pretty consistent i think well i don't know at least as long as i've been paying attention so uh big fox festival legend s um i think both of those differed in the wow wow broadcast by like a couple of songs from yeah the blu-ray release what's frustrating about big fox festival particularly is that the blu-ray doesn't have the whole thing like if you want the whole if you want everything you have to have both the wow wow broadcast and the blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's annoying frustrating yeah. But anyway, so so see that if you get a chance, um, uh, if you can find some gray market way to do so. I mean, of course, there is no really legitimate way to see it, but you, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows how to get it. Almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. So Metal Galaxy came out. Um, and as we're recording this, actually, I think the the previous episode of the podcast didn't go out <laughs> yet so but whatever um all our predictions were no doubt true by now i forget even what they were um yeah me too but so it i guess it um there was a, a special event at tower i forget what tower we said last time but um that basically as soon as the clock ticked over to october 8th they started giving out um the album to the people in the store um and the, then i think the what sorry there was tower shibuya, uh, shibuya i think wasn't it that sounds right yeah yeah it seemed like it was a pretty big event um and so a lot of people got it people took photos and tweeted about it uh no one that i knew uh leaked anything though <laughs> so there was a sort of a tense day <laughs> Where it's like, I know people are listening to this, and I cannot hear it. <laughs> it took a really long time. I will say I got a gray market copy. I'm not proud of it, but I did because I couldn't wait. Um, I mean, well, hell, I bought like 
14 versions of this anyway so you deserve I it did, i did i did end up getting a great copy of it about midday on the you deserve it for the two exclusives alone yeah oh nice <laughs> yeah i um i didn't but but as soon as it turned like the next day in japan uh Odotoy had it so and oh my oh, right. gosh was that expensive <laughs> But I did buy another one from Odotoy, uh, which allowed, um, you know, there was it's the Japanese edition. It's all digital, and it was um, it was like forty dollars. <laughs> it was just absurd yeah, yeah. for an, for like an extra twenty four hours. But uh, we got AACs though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't it wasn't flack or anything. It was just yeah. You know, but um. So ASMART worked quite well for me. Um, I had all of my Japan editions that I ordered from them in hand by the 9th, you know, so that's still two days before the alleged release date in, in the U.S., um, which is amazing, actually. Yeah. It's actually great to get it that early. Yeah. Uh, so I got, I got everything because, you know, I'm insane. But um, have you guys seen the Sun and Moon editions? Did you want to talk about them? I haven't seen I, them in person. I don't have mine yet. I only bought the moon, though. You're talking about the artwork? Yeah. yeah I haven't. Right. I, I've heard it mentioned a couple of times, but I don't exactly know what's up. Is it really good, or is it something else? It's... Well, I th- I, I think they are gorgeous. <laughs> okay, I, I like them a lot. There. But, like, I don't know, the way... The rumors... I didn't really hear any rumors, but the way people... Were, but I saw talking about it. It seemed like this possibly something negative about him, like it was a misprint or something. But I didn't actually know for certain. No, no, there. I mean, um, so the the Sun and Moon editions, each of them contain the entire album, which is yeah. The, for the Japanese edition, it's two discs. The discs themselves inside the Sun and Moon editions are not particularly artistic. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're 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 kind of bland looking. Um, but the cover art on and and the container the thing that holds the discs is is you know 12 inch lp sized so it's big and it's just gorgeous yeah Um, i like them a lot the it has a a, a lyric book inside with a bunch of art on it too you know so it has all the it has all the lyrics but they're um uh it's sort of like a special edition lyric book as well um and it's big yeah so they're i'm quite pleased with them i think they're really nice um, I like them better than the previous uh, special versions of previous albums. They actually, these mm-hmm. ones actually feel special. Yeah, no, I, I'm. They're not enough more expensive for me to feel like there was any question about them being worth it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but I mean, like, and I suppose there probably are people who get just one. You know, um, I, I only find got it hard moon. to understand those people, but. <laughs> You did? I only got the moon, yeah. See, I don't understand you. <laughs> but, that's all I needed. That's all yeah. I needed. That's all, that's all anybody needs. That's all okay. anybody needs. <laughs> but they're, yeah, they're, anyway, they're, they are really, really nice. Um, the, the one edition, I think I'm a little less, I'm a little less keen about the one edition. So uh, the one edition came in a, it's it's quite a bit like the one edition of the previous um albums. It's you know sort of like a it has a 
it has a case and it has a sort of a fold out, um, you know, 12, again, a sort of like 12 inch LP sized thing. Uh, and it has the two discs in it and it has, it comes with the legend M digest DVD, which we can maybe talk about a little bit later. Um, but that's about it. It it doesn't even have the nice lyric book. You know, it it has like the little lyric book, lyric book that comes with the regular Japanese one. Right. Um, the cover art is very well. So there was there was speculation that the cover would be sort of like sh- shining foil. You know, it looks mm-hmm. like it could look like uh like a, a foil print of some kind, but it isn't. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure know. how it stands up. To versus the sun and moon, whenever it's the one edition, it's supposed to be like nicer. But I don't know. It's, that's I mean, kind of neat, I guess. The material's nice. I mean, like they're they're always it, they feel nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Legend M DVD is really the selling point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it wasn't super expensive. I mean, I, I guess that's true. It was. It's not like the. I think the Five Fox Festivals one was like in U.S. dollars comes out to like three hundred fifty dollars or something. You know, quite insane. Um, I believe that the 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 one edition of the Metal Ga- Metal Galaxy album was it was under a hundred. It was like ninety something. I think ninety nine hundred yen. I think yeah. So so it was you know whatever. <laughs> I mean, I sort of feel like it could have been better in various ways. Um, Mm-hmm. The main way I think it could have been better is that they could have given us something that wasn't a DVD. Um, Blu-ray? At least a Blu-ray. But then why would you buy the Blu-ray of Legend M, Paul? Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. Is that, you know, <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what I'm sure they're thinking, and it's uh, frustrating. <laughs> yes. You're just going to have to wait. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just mention something about that anyway now since since i'm talking about it but so the one edition came with this dvd that has a has a digest of a legend m show which is the second you know everybody knows this but it's the second pair of um shows in japan they were in early july july 6th and 7th i think uh and in fact those were the shows where the footage for the elevator girl english version video came from and something else too right wasn't there something else from there? Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering that wrong. Um, shanti, anyway. shanti, shanti. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I knew there were two. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's it's a, a DVD, which means it's 40p. You know, it's it's not very high definition at all, um, but it does include Moa's version of Headbanger. Which is that's that's the thing. That's why you want this. That's why you spend a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, it does not include Yava, Gimme Chocolate, Karate, Future Metal, Shine, or Arcadia. So it is a true digest. It, it, it it's not short, but it's missing a lot of stuff. Um. So You're more reason to, to think that to there's going to be a real one later. Gonna have to wait to see the real version of Shine. Right. Yeah. I mean that's. <laughs> So um, the version of Shine that they did at Legend M was really kind of epic. Um, and it doesn't, it kind of looks like it's not going to be repeated. <laughs> so um, they're going to, they're going to have to release this on a Blu-ray. I'm, I'm just sure of that. 
but they haven't done it yet. So in a sense, what we got is an ad, <laughs> I think, you know, um, with the one edition, because the uh, DVD is going to be just obsolete as soon as the Blu-ray comes out. I'm yeah. guessing Fox Day. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, that actually sounds kind of far away. Um, the I mean, I, I don't know. This is somewhere in the show notes. Um, but we know. I think we do know that WoWow is going to air the forum in January. Um, so that's presumably yes. going to uh, also be on a Blu-ray. And I hope they don't wait three months just for no good reason, just to wait for Fox Day. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah, I'm uh, guessing. Oh. My guessing is it'll be the incentive to re-up your the one membership yeah it will be the first item of the 2021 membership 2020 well, comma one membership yeah <laughs> yeah that's would be frustrating it would be nice of it if this year's covered most of this stuff but all right you would hope yeah okay let's see what else um they did, so they did a little spot for Spotify Japan that was kind of cute. I don't know. You can watch, you can see that on Twitter. The way they pronounce Spotify is very pleasing, <laughs> or Sue does, I guess. Um, uh, it's for Spotify Japan, but yet it's in English. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Uh, Bo tweeted, uh, recommending buying the album. I thought that was quite cool. <laughs> Bo Andy so. Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Didn't, he did. Um, oh, and I think, uh, did I see something? No, I think just those two. Uh, actually, Omura might have also. I'm thinking back to that week. It's been a while. Uh-huh. I was. I remember being shocked that they all mentioned something, which I don't know if it's significant or not. Well, they didn't. I, I think they sort of, at least Bo just said something like, you know, he showed a picture of it and just said, like, bye. <laughs> You know, it was really a very, very uh, minimal message. But um, uh, who did I see? I think it was, I think it was Leda, on Twitter, saying because he did a uh, he really they released the tab for Arcadia, um, mm-hmm. in a guitar Japanese guitar magazine, and he said, "Buy this one. You know the tab is accurate because I wrote the tab and I played it on the album, so it's the definitive <laughs> yeah. version of the song." Yeah, that so is that is I guess pretty wild. I guess there's two interesting things there. The fact that they admitted to playing on the album and that he was saying, buy this one, because you know it's the it's the correct tab. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, like, number one, most accurate or something like that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, maybe we, actually maybe we can transition to that. Um, well, maybe I'll say one more thing and then we can go to interviews and magazines, which, which is uh, which will come back to the young guitar thing but um the charts i have no idea how it's doing on the charts i think it's doing well but i nobody knows how to interpret these charts <laughs> yeah it's really hard to track yeah i know it was like number one in the united states the day of launch on uh, itunes on itunes yeah and number two on two different <laughs> charts those are number one and two but i don't know which ones i don't know for how long either it didn't last very long, because by the time I saw the tweet that it was number one, it would fall into number eight, I think. Yeah, and I, th- I mean, and different, different 
places use metrics differently. So uh, I think at least Billboard maybe uh, counts physical objects, like physical CDs, much higher than streaming and much higher than maybe. digital purchasing. And but how everybody weights these things is different, and like the the time span is different. So so it becomes really hard to figure. Um, I think they made it into the top ten in the UK. And of course, then you also have to wonder, like, is it, are we filtering on metal? Are we filtering on anything? Are we, you know, like, what is the category? So I think it's doing well, <laughs> basically. While we're talking about that, it was really interesting that after they started touring with The Who, they hit the charts in Mongolia. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. They cracked top 10 Mongolia. I don't remember exactly where they ended up, but I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's that is an interesting sort of like side effect, um, because you know they're not even on the album. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I guess the Who that speaks to their popularity in Mongolia, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might be a little bit like F Hero in a way that the, you know, insofar as that the you know the nation is proud of it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But okay. Anyway. Uh. So there are a bunch more things to say about magazines and stuff, um, and maybe we don't need to say all of these things. But um, so Loudwire have, has now the second part of the interview with Graham Hartman. We were promised that there was going to be a second part. We saw this, the first part. I forget what the first part was. They, they talked a little bit about Yui and stuff, um, and the second part is what we tell our younger selves, uh, and yes. you know. It's also short, but also delightful. <laughs> Very much so. I, I don't, how do we do this? I mean, there is an overwhelming amount of content, if I'm honest. <laughs> we, I don't think we can talk about it all. Check, oh, check yeah, out yeah, our show yeah. notes. We are going to link everything on our show notes and just touch <laughs> on the highlights, I think, because there is oh, an yeah. overwhelming amount of information out there and interviews and videos that is just required reading and watching at this I, point. I think at least two hours of self-maintained content like if you sat down and read everything you got at least two hours by yourself like having three guys explain it it goes by pretty quick but there's yeah. a lot of information there's, there's a lot of stuff out there i mean i guess one thing i might hope is that if you're if you're like listening to this and not sure how to allocate your time maybe we can help actually maybe you should be reading and not listening to this but <laughs> at any rate, <laughs> if you're not going to read everything you know we can sort of at least tell you what we thought was exciting <laughs> but yeah but um yeah i so the this the loudwire interview um i mean they're they're the way they uh interact with the interviewer is just great i mean like they're very sort of relaxed with each other but so uh Graham asks, you know, well, I forget actually even what it was, but it was something sort of like, you know, why do you think people love you so much? <laughs> and she's like, you're asking me? I have no idea. I would like to know too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he complimented Moa's English. And I, you know, I, honestly, I Moa really hit it out of the park in this interview. <laughs> she did. She was amazing. Um, you know, I mean, Sue's always good in interviews. This time actually it was a little bit interesting because, uh, she spent a lot of time searching for words, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Moa is amazing. <laughs> so, 
you can definitely see the difference in their personalities. I think their English level is probably about the same, but you can tell uh-huh. you know, Sue's brain is just going a mile a minute and her mouth is trying to keep up and it's not working so white, so great. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Moa just kind of takes a second, collects herself, thinks about what she's going to say, and then says what she's going to say in English. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, must must watch. And it's like three minutes or something like that. So, you know, you can watch it repeatedly. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely give it a watch. There was, so there was, I guess this had to do with an upcoming broadcast uh, that Wawa was going to have for Summer Sonic Tokyo. Um, we saw a little bit of Baby Metal playing at Summer Sonic on a live stream, and Wawa was going to broadcast some of it. I don't know if it's going to be more than the live stream had or not, but there was a, a little interview that went along with that, and I don't know actually what they said in it because it wasn't translated when I looked at it. So it exists, but, uh, anyway, yeah. More watching to watch. Yep. Uh, consequence of sound, uh, did an interview, uh, another video interview. Um, this one, I mean, I almost, I don't know. Take a look at it. I, I guess basically I, I felt sort of sympathetic and sad for the interviewer because he was so sort of like nervous and <laughs> and yeah i don't know <laughs> no that i think you think that's the right word he was you could tell he was nervous uh yeah. trying to get through this interview yeah he had he had his questions on the cards and i think i think i kind of feel like maybe he was admonished ahead of time like do not deviate from the card <laughs> It could be. It could be. So, I guess uh, that's important to note too that you are going to get a lot of repeat in some of these interviews. A lot of only the Fox God knows. A lot of kind of generic answers. Just this is a good time just to remind yourself that this is still a very tightly controlled product, and while they're giving interviews, they're not necessarily free to just talk about anything. They're definitely following an outline. Right. Yeah, I think um, I remember thinking initially with the consequence of sound interview that it um, he he tried he tried to have kind of like an interesting question at the beginning. Um, in the end, it didn't work out. But um, I think the loudwire ones worked better, um, just because I think they just trust him more. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? And I don't know the consequence of sound guy. You know. Maybe the Loudwire or maybe the Loudwire guys interviewed them before, so it was kind of okay. old hat for him, you know. And I'm sure he's interviewed lots of other cool and famous people, so just another day at work for him. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, let's see. So, um, a bunch of magazines. Uh, Revolver just recently um, is going to feature in the October November 2019 issue. Baby Metal will be featured on the cover. It will be released October 22nd. Uh, you can buy that if you want. Uh, there's a newsstand link, or you probably find some other way to to buy it. Um, and let's see. So the they uh, Revolver also has has a like a special box set that has three additional covers, a box that holds it, uh, a year's subscription that's released it on December sixth and costs sixty six dollars and sixty six cents. Um really well what do you think (laughs) so one of these in the back of my brain says it's this one 
because I know people that pre-ordered it and canceled it because it's a Japanese exclusive. It's Rock Sound, and actually. I, is that is it Rock Sound or this one? It's it's Rock Sound. Okay. Disregard. I'll remind you for Rock Sound. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, I guess maybe I can, maybe I can just finish the the revolver one, but um, yeah, it's it, basically I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about this. I mean, essentially, you get uh, three additional photos, the covers, and then you get an additional photo that is the box. Uh, you have to f- think of something to do with a year's worth of this magazine. <laughs> um, and <laughs> yeah, so I in the end did cave in on it but um, of course you did it's i just don't know this one is this one feels pretty cynical (laughs) i'm not really a magazine person to begin with i yeah i just it's not something i need to collect because it'll just sit in a box i'll look at it and i'll never look at it again and i know the photos will get scanned and put online the day of or the day after you know it gets released um so it's not something i felt i needed to buy yeah, and that is very sensible, and I should be more like you in that respect. <laughs> but, yes, you should, because then you can do things like fly to Japan, and that's where you should spend your money. That's right. Spend your money going to shows. <laughs> uh, okay, Rock Sound. Yes, so we mentioned this. I think this made it into the previous episode. I'm not sure, but um, issue 258, November 2019. What we thought we knew was that Baby Metal was on the cover of the Jap- – uh, well, Baby Metal was on the cover <laughs> – um actually go ahead and now say your thing <laughs> i i still think it's revolver but I'll, I'll say it here so if you buy this it's a japanese exclusive if you order it from newsstand or anywhere else outside of japan you will not get the baby metal cover yeah that's and that was that's not it. clear and that was not clear i know several people who canceled their orders so if you, you can you can buy the the one that actually has um big metal on the cover from amazon japan though that's even released that's released later too i think you know um yeah something like that so anyway yeah you have to you have to buy sort of a a special version of it uh which for some reason they're only selling in japan so otherwise otherwise i forget who it is 21 pilots or something there's somebody else on the cover somebody we don't care about yeah right (laughs) however um so let's see the there's a poster too um and the poster does not come in the non-japan edition but it's a double-sided eight page large poster so it's big um it's supposed to have an interview photo shoot 25 pages it says so well it could be one I'm, character per see, page no, this, i'm finding this surprising because i thought i saw a scan of this of the non-japan edition and it was like four pages <laughs> Oh, well. See, it's okay. really hard to keep track of all of these magazines. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was thinking, like, we might be entering. I think you are right that we're entering into a point where we just can't mention everything. Every you know, no. Like, can you imagine being like, I don't know what, what's a, what's a big, like a Duran Duran fan back in the eighties or something? Like, you know, <laughs> you're not going to keep track of everything. <laughs> yeah, it's this is really difficult. I wasn't I wasn't around for the metal uh, metal resistance launch. I was around in 2016, but not till much after the album dropped. So this is all new for me, and it's overwhelming the amount of stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, I was going to say that actually. To the you know the same thing that um uh like this is my first experience with this um 
so I don't I don't really know what metal resistance was like, but um, it's it's a wild ride. <laughs> it really is. Well, I can tell you that they didn't do a twenty twenty one stop U.S. tour with uh, Metal Resistance. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it feels like more. Just it just feels like more stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they. I mean, I, this is this is larger scale, but yeah. Uh, let's see. So there, I guess there were a couple other things I wanted to say about magazines there's one big one actually but um young guitar we talked we mentioned that before i now have it in hand so ah, excellent um, and you can learn to play Wait, is, what, which guitar young guitar um november 2019 issue oh the magazine yeah sorry <laughs> i thought you said the arrow guitar i'm like hold on what yeah no not yet no, I st- that one i have not quite brought myself yet. to <laughs> collect yeah it'll it'll be there someday we'll see yeah i don't know maybe but um it's i mean so it is amazing uh i so maybe i should also say we were getting a bunch of stuff you know we were getting all these magazines but the majority of them are in japanese (laughs) so um we don't have translations of a lot of stuff um and the young guitar young guitar has a lot in it um so i forget where where was it I thought I had this written down somewhere, but it's, you know, I think they claimed it was something like 99 pages or something like that. It's, it's huge. Uh, a lot of that is transcription of distortion on Arcadia. Uh, you know, so as, as you would expect, yeah. but I was surprised that, that, uh, there's actually like playing notes for every song. Oh, really? Yeah. Every so, song on the new album. Yeah. No, no kidding. Well, that's like, cool. like little, little, um, you know, I, I, you know, not the full transcriptions of the songs, but little little bits of it and little discussions sure. about how like the tuning works and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, and they were those things were created uh, by Yusuke Hiraga, uh, Yusuke Hiraga, um, who played who is a comedy guitarist in Singapore and Australia. Um, so he he did basically he did everything uh, uh, except for the Arcadia description because that's what Leda did <laughs> right so so they got you know d- you know direct direct from the horse's mouth or whatever uh, it's people so about this. it's so wild to me that they could admit to doing that and i wonder if that's significant in some way yeah because for you know yeah. a long time none of the kami have ever been able to acknowledge the fact that they do this stuff on their social media you know you you could catch a um uh, a bow stream occasionally where he would play snippets of baby metal and talk about it. No details about being on tour or anything, but he would play parts <laughs> right. of songs or things like that and interact with his chat and stuff like that. Um, but that was really it. Not nothing ever on Twitter or any social media, certainly not in a magazine. Um, just, I don't know. Part of me thinks that that's yeah. significant in some way. I don't know what way yet, but right. keep that in the back of your mind. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so what else to say? Oh, the the photos are fabulous in this as well. <laughs> there, uh, I mean, I, I think we talked about the cover before, but it's you know they have on the cover Sue and Ma are holding these. I think we decided they were nine string guitars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like absurd like numbers string. of strings. Okay, I can. <laughs> I'm gonna defend that statement. 
Um, extended range is great. Um, I've played six strings since I was like, I want to say like fifth grade or sixth grade, and then I just recently got a seventh string in the past six months, and it's sweet. And now I want an eight string. All but right. like, I mean, I'm per, I'm ninety nine percent sure Starlight. I think you have to have either. I think it's an eight string guitar to even play Starlight. Interesting. Uh, I don't think they use an eight string on tour. Maybe not. They might have seven string down tuned. It could be. But it's I'd have to go uh, it's it's special. Like it's really low. Like I'm not sure they sell strings at my local guitar center that thick. <laughs> Interesting. That's I think it's more of a region regional problem, but Huh. Well, and if you want, you know, the notes on how how to do it, Young Guitar November twenty nineteen will tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surely. Um there's I mean there's so much in there. And, you know, I don't know what any of it says. You know, I can sort of read the music notation, but I, I don't know. I don't know what the words are. Right. So um, I'm really looking forward to reading that, but we're a ways away from that yet. Uh, let's see. Metal Hammer. I got my Metal Hammers. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about that. I Have I talked about the art prints? Maybe not. But um, the there was a Metal Hammer I had a bundle that had uh like an art print that came with it with that was like specially numbered and it it uh it wasn't really worth it <laughs> <laughs> it it was you know like slightly less colorful than the non-numbered edition and so i don't know um the big one i think the big one to mention is what what yeah right. kevin you were totally right before we started about like how there was no chance we would have time to get to the <laughs> review of the album. See? Sometimes I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time I'm right. Yeah, that's. I think that, that might actually be the case. Um, <laughs> the big one is PMC, volume 15. Um, we, we have a translation of... So there's a bunch of stuff in that. One of the things that they do, like that they have um, a feature they have, is 100 questions. So they ask 100 questions of the various people, you know, that they interview. Baby Metal is on the cover of this one. Uh, I think they might have done 100 questions with them before, like in the distant past. Um, but anyway, um, Lenzer has translated this, and that is amazing. Uh, so obviously we can't go through all of the stuff uh, here, but they are really, they're really something. Is there anything that you wanted to highlight in there? I, there's one I'm gonna post in the chat here. It's question sixty-eight. What does Sue Metal think has changed about Moa Metal? Did she grow up or something like that? And Sue Metal responds, "Her technique to catch the mosquitoes." <laughs> like that's such, and that's it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I was sitting in a, in a lawn chair in my living room watching Yu-Gi-Oh, and I read that, and I just burst into tears laughing. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite is uh, question 50, because it's so endearing. What would you do if the elevator would actually stop in hell? Referencing to elevator girl lyrics. Moa Metal responds, that's impossible. But if it would stop in hell, I would change it to a paradise. And that is just so <laughs> wholesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that is, that is pretty, pretty uh, wild. I collected a list of ones that I like. Almost if I could pull it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first question, in fact, I love that. How do you feel right now, Mo Metal? Probably without hesitation. I'm hungry. I want to eat fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like 
staying right on message. I, yeah. I, I know idle tropes are a thing, and you always have the shy one, the one who loves food, and you know that thing, that whole stuff. And I know that they're not exempt from that. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I just can't tell if it's just become who she is over the years, or if that's just not a trope at all. Because <laughs> you have you have answers like this all the time. You have the photo with the cake that we talked about earlier in the mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I am pretty convinced that they're coached initially to pick something, you know, um, yeah. and stick with it and be uh-huh. consistent. But, and, you know, Mo is very consistent on this, but I, I still believe it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they talked a little bit about, so there's, there's, it's actually surprising. This format oddly does kind of like lend itself to a couple of kind of interesting things, but so they, question eight, uh, was about like, what, what was the toughest tour live show, um, overseas? How tough was it? And Mo Metal says, uh, on last year's America tour, the first day performance in Kansas was difficult. So the Kansas city, uh, Missouri show, um, it was very sad to see everyone's looks and awareness about our different performance. And it's like, Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sad now, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I thought another thing I thought was interesting. So question nine, um, how did the first day with the new formation at Yokohama arena performance feel and how did you approach it? Uh, and Sue metal says with two people as the core, it was like rebuilding the setup. It's like a new group. That's how I think about it. So I thought that was kind of an, an interesting perspective in a way, because I sort of feel the same way, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it kind of feels like not quite the same. Like I, I, you know, I don't it like, it feels like a Phoenix. It feels, it feels like it yeah. burned itself out in 2018 and is reborn this year. Yeah. So it worked with the plan worked. <laughs> yes, yeah, it did. Uh, there was a, I think there was something that was quite interesting. Um, we, so we did, I guess we did talk about Legend M and Shine a bit. Uh, and so some of these questions actually talked a bit about uh, the that specific performance, the Legend M stuff in Nagoya. Um, and so, whatever, I'll, I'll skip. Question 22. I said, you had the challenge of playing the guitar live. When did you start playing? And Moa Metal says, you know, was it second or third grade? Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but doesn't matter what the answer is. The main thing is it's, it, uh, they appear to believe that she played it live. Um, and question 23, let's see, was it even a challenge for you? It honestly seemed like you had a lot of confidence and moment all says at first, the chords I got were difficult to play, but after the second or third time, it got easier to play. I'll, I'll confess to being a doubter of her actually playing it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I thought too. But yeah, this but she's is... yeah. It's kind of contradictory. She says she does it, but I, I'm yeah, gonna so... believe. I'm, I'll take her word for it. It's whatever. It's yeah. not. I'm not too emotionally invested in it. In it, right? We. I mean, we know for sure that uh, even if she played at the beginning, she didn't play the same part of the song at the end. <laughs> but um, it does seem like she was doing that part at the beginning. If uh, you know from what this, from what this says, so. As the one who was there, I choose to believe she played that live until I have yeah. definitive proof from a Blu-ray, because you know I, I, I was in a pit. I didn't get a rate. You look at it that, yeah, she did not. I 
I mean, I believe that she is capable of it for sure. Uh, so yes. let's, yeah. I like to think she's playing it on the album too. That would be cool. Um, Cause there's no reason for her not to, cause she can take as many takes as she needs. Yeah. I think, so it, even, I if think she, it is even if she, possible, even if she didn't play it at legend M, you know, those first few bars, I, I think it's worth speculating that she's playing it on the album. Otherwise, why would they make a big deal about it? You know, we got pick items at Legend M that you can buy. Several right. interviews at this point have referenced it. So she played it at some point. Yeah. So this other, yeah, this other stuff that's interesting in here. I, I mean, I would say probably, you know, 60% of these questions are quite food interesting. Food related? Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a number of food related ones, but... Um, there are some things that kind of tie in a little bit with the songs of the album that maybe we can come back to, I guess. Is there anything else that anyone wanted to highlight in these? Um, there's, I, I had down that, um, oh, I gotta find it again. I, was, I took, oh, the, when they were learning new English words, um, Sue Metal oh, yeah. recently learned vertical and horizontal. Vertical and horizontal, and Moa learned the phrase "You're on fire." <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh, but I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> of course, you're, yeah. "You're on fire" made me think of um, was it NBA Jam that arcade game from uh, kind of the late nineties. Yeah, I. I you're I on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> There was another one. Um, it says, um, question 78, is there a place or country you want to go? Momel says the South region, Australia, is a lovely country, and I want to go there again, as well as other countries in the South. So, feel acknowledged, Australia, that you want to go back? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, wants to, maybe maybe miss the koalas and wants to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I bet they hit Oceania again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh... Question eighty one: If a time machine would exist, to what time would you go back, or would you want to go into the future? And Molly oh, says, "Deep." Oh, sorry. Oh, so this is a deep question, or the deep answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she says the future. There's nothing that can change the past. Changing the people from the past feels like breaking the rules, because everyone was thinking for their own. And, okay. Yeah. That's well, a, drop the script, Moa. Come on. <laughs> no. I mean, I think that's. This I seemed I actually really thought that deep was really for something. Her. I mean, I think it is. That's something to go by. Yeah. I mean, it's it surprised me um, in a way, like the 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 kind of um depth of that answer. Uh she did she said something else uh question 38, you know, what can you say about the metal ga- metal galaxy and what was the inspiration behind it and well, metal does this like really philosophical thing. It's like <laughs> since olden times, humanity has gazed into the sky, looked at the stars and moons, and desired to let their minds wander far away. It is about everyone's dreams and desires, the future and wishes. The metal galaxy is something similar, full of thoughts and things. We think that um, what that's what the future of metal feels like. And it's like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're not talking about cheesecake. <laughs> so she's she's always kind of been like that. I yeah. think. You can go back to SG. She's she's very careful about what she says and very thoughtful. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of all of the interviews we've got and everything we've talked about the last hour, I think this is the one, if you can only pick one, re- read these 100 questions because they definitely feel the most sincere to me. And you learn a lot about not only the music and the albums, but, but about who these ladies are. Yeah. And what drives them? The reason they play their shows now? I'm joking. It's, I... I want to read one more question here. Sure. I, um, 
Oh, number question ninety three is the cheesecake one. I got I got to read it. Um, was there anything in recent years that made you so excited that you couldn't sleep? Moa Metal. The most excited I got recently was when I ate delicious cheesecake. And same, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like I don't know when the last time you all had some really good cheesecake, but like it turns a frown upside down for for sure. Real quick. I can't imagine that that's the first thing that comes to mind for anybody. <laughs> no, I, I can't agree. What is the most exciting thing that happened to you? I had oh, a really good cheesecake. cheesecake. <laughs> I don't know. I was on a, in a van on tour with somebody who claims to have a religious experience and was brought to tears by an omelet. So, And I saw the tears happen huh. with the omelet. So you never know. All right. <laughs> was it? Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Let's see. So... That's maybe we can pull away from the the media. Um, mention quickly something which is probably much more. It's a big deal for the people who it affects. <laughs> but um, they announced a world tour in Asia, so there are now three more dates that we had. We had Taipei in April, I think, before. But now there's March twenty twenty second in Bangkok, March twenty seventh in Kuala Lumpur, and March twenty ninth in Jakarta. So. This Bangkok is, getting... is going to be insane, especially uh-huh. if F Hero shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> that show massive. has that show has potential to be insane. Yeah, this is and and this is really turning into a, an actual world tour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Three days they're after up, Fox Day, even. So they're up to what, like fifty dates between U.S., oh, yeah. Europe, Asia, Japan. Somewhere around 50, maybe closer to 60. It, it, this is a real world tour, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just yeah, I can't believe. The, uh, Southern Hemisphere. There's so much left. I mean, like, you know, the U.S. tour was already huge. Mm-hmm. It's like, going back to the interviews, they say that, that they're excited to see what comes in their future. Like, gets me kind of thinking, too. Like, this world tour, they've already done the United States. Like, once, what, what are they going to do when they wrap wrap up this tour they just dropped a new album like are they gonna start writing a new album this quick are they gonna do another tour or are they oceana and south america oceana and south america yeah <laughs> um, and then once after that there's a cycle there has to be some kind of cycle here a yeah. vacation for these vacation. girls because they, they have earned it. it oh yeah for sure <laughs> this would be a good place to break the episode uh in the next episode we will talk about the album release concert that took place at the forum on october 11th uh, 2019 for Metal Galaxy. Uh, there's plenty to talk about there, and um, so we're going to save that for its own episode. And so I will say, that's it for this episode. You can join us on the Babe Metal Podcast Discord to continue the conversation. Rating the podcast on whatever platform you listen on will help people find it, so please do that. We'll be back here in about two weeks. We hope you'll join us, and until then, see you. <laughs>